Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sports production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Adrian Barnard, sitting in again this week for Steve Vickers, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. This week we're discussing flair in football. We all love to watch players showing off their silky skills on the pitch, but what's more important, to be thrilled by the skills and trickery of the players, or to see our team win the game, even if they have to take a less exciting and more tactical approach? We'll hear from the former Nigeria, Paris Saint-Germain and Bolton Wanderers striker, JJ Okocha. It's always clear that you stand out if you have certain natural talent to do things that others could not do. But of course, my main target then was always to, to win. Abdul Razak helped Ghana win the 1978 Cup of Nations with his wonderful flair and natural raw talent. His ability and skills on the pitch led him to being called the Golden Boy. He tells us he thinks Africans should stick to their natural style and not try to follow the more technical approach favoured by European teams. The Europeans cannot play our style, so we also don't need to play the European style. We keep to our African style, dribbling, head with the ball, control, you can do anything on the field. And following the recent announcement from FIFA that they're proposing an increase to nine World Cup places for Africa from 2026, we'll be hearing your comments on social media and WhatsApp about whether this expanded competition will finally enable an African team to win the World Cup. But first, reigning champions TP Mazembe continued their defence of their Confederation Cup title on Sunday with a comfortable 2-0 home win against the Algerian side JS Kabayi. The DRC side will now be strong favourites to reach the group stage of the competition as one of the last 16 teams. Other first leg winners last weekend included Tunisia's Club Africaine with a 2-1 win away at Paul-Louis in Mauritius and Tanzania Young Africans, better known as Yanga, with a 1-0 home win against Mouloudia Algier. However, Nigeria's Anugu Rangers let slip a 2-0 lead at home to Zambia's Zesco United, the game there ending 2-all. And all the second leg matches in the playoff round will take place this weekend. Well, next we turn to Stuart Weir's personal selection of the best African players to have played in the English Premier League. Last time we heard about the Ivorian Kolo Toure, and today Stuart tells us about another legend to grace the English Premier League, the Nigerian striker JJ Okocha. Okocha was without question one of the most popular Africans to play in the Premier League. He spent four seasons at Bolton Wonders, 2002 to 2006, playing 124 games and scoring 14 goals. He started his career in Europe in Germany with Eintracht Frankfurt, spent two years with Fenerbahce in Turkey, and then four seasons at Paris Saint-Germain. In the summer of 2002, JJ was about to celebrate his 29th birthday, and Sam Allardyce was then manager of Bolton Wanderers in the northwest of England. Sam had an outrageous and audacious idea of persuading JJ to leave Paris and come and play in Bolton. And amazingly, he pulled it off. The fans took an instant liking to Akotcha and used to sing the song, JJ Akotcha, so good they named him twice. The Arsenal legend Thierry Henry said, 
JJ is so good, I'd even pay to go and watch him. Sam Allardyce was not disappointed with his new signing. He said, I loved JJ's tricks on the ball. I could watch him all day. But, you know, there's no point in a trick if it doesn't get you anywhere and you don't come out with the ball. But JJ always performed his tricks with a purpose. He did it against Manchester United, Arsenal, and he had them in nuts. He could do dragbacks, flipovers, stepovers. I don't think there's ever been anyone in the Premier League like him, not even Cristiano Ronaldo. High praise indeed from his former manager. And JJ totally shared Allardyce's view that tricks were only a means to an end, not an end in themselves. It's always um, clear that you stand out if you have certain uh, natural talent, natural ability to do things that others could not do. You know, but of course my main target then was always to, to win. You know, and of course if we are winning comfortably, then it gives me the opportunity to exhibit my skills. You know, but. Uh, the main target is always to win and it's always the team. That's a natural talent, you know, I mean, and that's, that's why it seems sometimes as if um, it's just for show, you know, but that's my own way of getting past players and, and that's uh, maybe it was my strength. In his first season at Bolton Wanderers, they were close to relegation, finishing 17th and losing in the first round of both the FA Cup and the League Cup. But the other three seasons were amazing with finishes of 8th, 6th and 8th, their best ever in the Premier League. And in 2004, Bolton reached the League Cup final, sadly losing to Middlesbrough. On the way to that final, they won at Liverpool with a Cotso scoring and they scored five against Aston Villa in the semi-final with JJ getting two goals. In his last season, they played in the UEFA Cup and reached the third round. This is arguably the best period in the club's history and JJ himself was at the heart of it and has happy memories of it. Well, I had a great time and I've got some great memories there. You know, I think uh, we took the team to another level being a relegation candidate to um, playing cup final and playing in uh, UEFA Cup. Uh, I think um, I had a, an amazing time there. For all his success in Europe, J.J. Akotcha is a Nigerian through and through, and he is most proud of his achievements for his own country. First one is to um, have been part of the Nigerian team that qualified for the World Cup for the first time, uh, winning the Olympic gold medal with the under-23 uh, team. And of course, that being also the first footballing uh, team from Africa to have won gold in an Olympic event. And also... Um, having the opportunity to play in Europe, play in uh, five different countries, and I think uh, that's uh, something I'm proud of. JJ Okocha there, one of the best African players to play in the English Premier League. And it's possible that one of his close relatives may go on to be another legendary player from Africa in the EPL, because JJ's nephew is the 20-year-old Arsenal striker Alex Iwobi. Now to the second part of our interview with African football legend Abdul Razak of Ghana, the 1978 African Footballer of the Year. Razak played for many clubs, including the New York Cosmos, where he played alongside Pelé, Germany's Franz Beckenbauer and South Africa's Jomo Sono. 
Razak won the Nations Cup with the Black Stars in 1978. He's now 60, and when he was at the Nations Cup in Gabon earlier this year, Steve Vickers had a chance to speak to him. Now, Africa is yet to get beyond the quarter-finals of the World Cup, and one debate is whether Africa needs to get more tactical, as European nations have done. Roger Miller took Cameroon to the World Cup quarter-finals in 1990 with his flair, but the question is whether the flair of African players alone will take us to a World Cup triumph. Razak was a striker blessed with raw talent and flair, and Steve asked if flair will take African football forward, or if a more tactical approach is needed. Yeah, OK, I think uh, it's simple. We have raw talents. We have it already. No one can teach you how to control ball, how to do this. You know, it wasn't academy. It was juvenile football that we play. There's any field, whether good or bad, we play there. What we need now, now that most of our players are in, in Europe, the only thing they will need now is the physical and also the, the tactical way. But for, for technical way, we have it already. We have it. We have it more than the Europeans. We have it. Technical. Yeah, technical. We very good. But I think most of them are changing now. And tactically, we play too much at the back, you know, not trying to move forward as fast as we used to do before. You know, it's didn't done affair. You attack, I attack. We play. You can do to score shooting from far. We don't do shooting even now. You know, it's all this competition. Not many goals. Not many goals. No. Two, one, two, one. We, we play more on defensively and midfield more than attack. So we didn't see so many goals per match in this competition. So what's the right way to bring Africa more success to go back to that flair or we have to keep it as it is and be tactical and technical and cautious? Is there some balance that will bring more success? You know, the, the, the formation of the game has also changed. Before, when we came, we, we knew about 4-2-4 before. Now it's going by 4-2-1-3. You know, it's confusing a lot of players. The Europeans have time for this. They have, a, they have a, uh, academies. They have a good structure to put young kids and show them till they come up. We don't have. And we're having good players who can shoot, who can score. We have good wingers who can dribble on the, on the, on the, on the touchline and go. We have many of them whether right or left. Today we don't have them. Today it's about overlapping from the, the left backs and the right backs. They are moving forward, creating space for others to play. But not every team has that kind of... Uh, you see, so for African football, they should, we should keep it up. We shouldn't abandon our... Because the Europeans cannot play our style. So we also don't need to play the European style. We keep to our African style. Dribbling head with the ball, control, you can do anything on the field, you know, you shoot, you dribble, one, two, you go, it's not coming anymore, becoming tactical, control, you give, you come back, on the right, you go left, you come back, and then finally you love the ball to the eight, no, that's not African football. Well then, Abdul Razak saying there that in order to develop and improve on the international stage, Africa should keep playing its style of attractive flair football and not rely on a solely tactical approach. What do you think about that, Stuart? I thought he made some really fascinating points there, and it's a really great topic to discuss. I think part of the thing is the way football has developed over the years, and there's 
what you might call an obsession with possession. And players at times seem scared to take risks in case they lose the ball. And it's not unusual to see a Premier League club putting together 25 passes, which sounds incredibly impressive on paper, but actually they're back where they started. You know, the back four will pass it from right to left and forward and back. You know, they've kept possession, but they haven't actually got anywhere, not even out of their own half, perhaps. And part of this is down to coaching. Now, I used to know a player called Alan Comfort. And when he was playing for Middlesbrough under Bruce Riach, who went on to manage Arsenal, Comfort, who was a left winger and a flair player, used to say as he got the ball, he could hear Bruce Riach shouting, don't lose the ball. And so, therefore, he was reluctant to take on the defender and tended just to pass back or across. Uh, And I think that's a great shame. But... You know, thinking particularly about African players, I think the European stereotype is that African players are skillful but lazy. And I wonder if some players have reacted to this by trying to become more hardworking, more European, but hardworking at the expense of flair. And again, you have to look at the Premier League. It's played at a really fast pace compared to most other leagues in Europe. And now we've got really well-organised defences. There's much less space and time for the flair player. But, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. If you think of Henrik Mitikarian of Manchester United or Eden Hazard, great players who run with the ball, who have got great flair. Or if you remember the goal that Coutinho scored for Liverpool against Everton in the recent Merseyside derby when he picked up the ball, ran into the penalty area, turned the defender right and left, and then bent a shot into the top corner. I mean, that was absolute classic, brilliant, brilliant football. And, uh, you know, when Crystal Palace pulled off their surprising win over Chelsea, Wilfred Saha was running from his own half with the ball, you know, running with real confidence. And, I mean, that was great to see because, I mean, Saha has very much been criticised as a player with flair, but he doesn't actually achieve anything. And, you know, it's interesting in the clip in this programme from J.J. Okocha, he actually talks about the importance of flair and tricks actually working for the benefit of the team. And if you beat a defender three times and you're back where you started, then that's rather pointless. But um, I I certainly appreciate the flair players, uh, and I think we just got to get a balance between the what Cantona used to call the water carriers and the player who can do the tricks, but of course has to do them for the good of the team. Thanks, Stuart. That's a good point, isn't it, Solomon? It's one thing to play with flair and produce the tricks, as J.J. Okocha used to do, but as even J.J. himself admitted, the important thing is to get the result, and tricks have no value unless they can help the team to win. Yes, definitely, Adrian. There's a huge tension between two aspects of football here, which is the flair in football and also against tactical approach. And, you know, we've seen that over the years that an African player, a typical African player, is built around flair. You know, flair is the lesson that he learns while growing up. And, you know, you, you play great football, you play around with the balls, you do some tricks and the football fans at the stadium cheer you up, give you an applause. Because fair enough, you know, a lot of them, that's why they go to the stadium. They go to the stadium because they want to be entertained. They want to see that. 
And a lot of them have forgotten that football have moved from just entertainment to also winning. How do you entertain but win at the same time? Uh, Abdul Razak obviously is uh, speaking from an old school approach, which is where he's from, where back in the days uh, there was no much money in football or football was not as big as it is now. And so we have a situation where you just go there, you perform for the crowd and everyone is happy. It was a tool that was used to inspire people, to entertain people and to make people happy. Uh, over the years, we've seen players like Jejo Okocha from Nigeria, Peter Nluvu from Zimbabwe, Jabu Pule from South Africa and on a whole rest of others, uh, you know, who are players that are built around that. You know, an African player is built from day one to just entertain. But we have to look at the tactical approach because the tactical approach is where the African player misses it. You know, a part of his development, he's not taught that, you know, that you need to, um, you know, not just behave as an individual. That's what flair does. Flair brings out the beauty and the talent of an individual. But tactical approach, you know, is for the whole team. And that is what you use in, in trying to win. So uh, if we had, uh, you know, embraced that about 50, 40 years ago, then Africa would have really really done far more better in the World Cup right now probably win the World Cup so we really have to look at it and uh, because uh, there's no value when you just entertain and you don't use that entertainment uh, to really get a good result at the World Cup because that's what it is winning you know uh, gives you uh, a sense of victory Uh, but entertainment would never give you uh, just a sense of victory just a sense of uh, partial satisfaction. Okay, well, some strong words there. Uh, Stay with us now, Solomon. Well, the Brazil midfielder Kaká won the 2007 World Footballer of the Year Award for his creative brilliance and flair. We'll hear his thoughts now, followed by the former Portsmouth defender in the English Premier League, Linvoy Primus. First then, here's Kaká talking about the expectations he faced when he played for Brazil to play with flair and get the fans excited. Sim. Yes, when you play for Brazil, there will always be those expectations. In any tournament that Brazil plays in, there are always huge expectations of winning and playing well, always. So a player who makes it into the team already knows of these expectations and that responsibility. Yet what really matters is to win. If Brazil wins the next World Cup, people won't care how. Very few people will remember the specific games and how we played. In 1994, Brazil didn't put on a show, but they won the World Cup, and that's what matters, and it's what everyone remembers. Yeah, I think there's there's less players uh, who will take a chance now. I think lots more players will, will be safe with the ball in terms of um, passing it and keeping it. But I think there are a few more players now who are playing in wider positions who are prepared to take a chance. But I think it comes because their managers believe in them and will accept that you know, if they try to do something and it doesn't come off three or four times, they won't get screamed at from the touchline to say, don't do it again. They're encouraged to do it. Um, so I think there is room for more flair players. Um, and I think you know, pace and the ability to change a game in a moment comes not through direct orders but through instinct and confidence and I think that's where you'll see uh, more flair players uh, playing to their full ability Uh, Gareth Bale, Ronaldo, Messi I know they're playing overseas in the Spanish League but those are the players that you'd pay to see And and that's what I'd always say now in the Premier League who are the players, that, that whether you're, you, you support that club or not, who are the players you pay money to go and watch? And um, Raheem Sterling's up there, uh, Sergio Aguero, uh, Alexis Sanchez, um, those sorts of guys. You, 
you'd want to see because you think to yourself, oh, yeah, something good could happen today. So then, Solomon, is there a tension here? As fans, we want to see exciting football, as Linvoy Primus said there. But on the other hand, as Kakar said about Brazil's performance at the 1994 World Cup, the most important thing is to win the game, even if they don't put on a good show. Yes, I totally agree with Kaká there, Adrian. You know, looking back at the 1994 World Cup, it is definitely, you know, important to win. And that is what it is. You know, uh, you don't put up a show. And Brazil also, and a lot of South American countries, you know, a lot of them are... You know, it's countries that entertain when it comes to football, and that is uh, quite important. But at the same time, you have to get to a place where you want to uh, get results because you're competing with others from not just South America, but others in Europe and Asia and Africa. And there is definitely a tension here, too, uh, because the fans want to see exciting football. That's what they know. That's what they want to see. But you have to win. You have to win. Maybe you, we have to get to a place right now where we see football teams bring the two elements together, especially football teams from Africa and South America where flair is so important and also, you know, we have to win, so we have to get the tactical approach in. A typical club side that has been able to do that, I would say, is Barcelona, you know, entertaining and at the same time having a tactical approach, playing as a team and winning games and winning trophies. Uh, that's what it is. Football is about winning trophies. It's not just about entertainment anymore. And I think that the fans need to be educated and they need to realise that too. Well, thanks for that then, Solomon. So uh, African teams should start playing like Barcelona. We'll see. Well, you've heard our thoughts and the thoughts of Abdul Razak, JJ Okocha, Kakar and Linvoy Primus. But what do you think? Can African football develop on raw talent and flair alone? Or should African teams follow the European approach of perhaps playing a more tactical game? Do you want your team to show off their exciting skills or are you prepared for them to maybe put in a dull or uninteresting show as long as they win the game? Well, let us know your thoughts, whether it's to do with your favourite club side or your national team. You go to our Facebook page at Planet Sport Football Africa. You can post a message there or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four. Seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can download our app and listen to the show at any time. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show any time on the app and access past programmes too in our archive. And you can also listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com. And our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. And now we turn to social media and WhatsApp. In last week's show, we discussed FIFA's proposal to confirm nine World Cup spots to Africa from 2026. That's up from the current five places. So we asked, how long will it be before an African team wins the FIFA World Cup? Does the expanded World Cup open the door for African teams and provide a realistic chance for Africa to win the World Cup? Or do African teams still have some way to go? Well, on WhatsApp and Alfred Ndimba in Malawi says, an expanded World Cup does not necessarily mean a door is open. What the African continent needs is to pour more money into sports so that more talented players should also play in African clubs 
unlike what is happening now where our talented players are playing overseas. Abdul Malik in The Gambia says, It's a good move from FIFA to increase the number of teams, but Africa needs to develop, not by sending their players to Europe or Asia, but with development at grassroots level. We need to build football academies so that we can explore our talents. If not, European and South American teams will dominate us, even in 2026. Musa K. Toure, also in the Gambia, says, I think the expansion of our spots is an added advantage for an African country to lift the World Cup. I'm confident that we have the quality to win it, says Musa. I can't say when exactly, but I'm sure it's just a matter of time. However, Sam Chikwilira in Malawi is not so sure. They have a long way to go yet, says Sam. The expansion favours Europe and America, but the talent from Africa will be there. And Donald in Cameroon agrees, but for a different reason. I think they still have a very long way to go, says Donald, until politics is separated from sport. To Ghana now, and Hauer is cautious. Yes, African teams still have a long way to go, says Hauer. They are nowhere near the European teams. It will take a lot of time. Abdurrahman Lee in the Gambia goes even further. Africa will never win the World Cup, even if a team reached the final. That's what I believe. So to Kenya now, and Odipo Maurice is more positive. Do we have a chance, says Odipo. We should be talking about reaching the quarterfinals or the semi-finals at the very least. Medlove is in the Gambia. Raising the number of African teams to nine places is a move in the right direction, says Medlove. Africa has the capability to win the World Cup. It's just a matter of time. As the Holy Bible says, with God, everything is possible. Well, yes, thanks for that, Medlove. And those words of Jesus that Medlove quoted are recorded in the Bible in Mark chapter 10 and verse 27. Musa Balde in the Gambia has sent us a voice message and he thinks Africa might have a very long wait. To me, it will be a miracle if an African country can win the World Cup and bring it back to Africa. Truly, it will also be proud of all Africans, regardless of the country that wins it. But maybe in the next 100 years to come, or much more than that. Oh, that uh, would be a long time, Musa. Well, Mohamed Barr in the Gambia says, yes, the expansion does open the door, and I hope one African team will play in the final in 2026. We need to go at least as far as the semi-finals. Ghana nearly did it in 2010 in South Africa, but Asamoah Gyan's missed penalty stopped them progressing against Uruguay. To Zambia now, and Thompson Piri feels an African World Cup win is still some way off. As long as we don't change our handling of football in Africa, says Thompson, it will be impossible to win the World Cup. There is a lot we need to do as Africans to improve our soccer. And Amadou Dumbaya in the Gambia agrees. Africa has a long way to go to win the World Cup because the level of football in Africa can't be compared to that in Europe. Africans have to change their way of football because most countries in Africa don't believe in training hard. They only base their belief in juju and going to the Maribus to win games. And that will not help. It's high time that we change that belief in order to win the World Cup. Here's another voice message now from Ebri Makante in the Gambia. For an African team to win this World Cup, uh, that one will be difficult because to win a World Cup is not only for the players to do it. I believe most of the African Football Federation are lagging behind 
in terms of motivation and in terms of administration. So that will hinder most of the African team to win the World Cup. And finally, Silas Ankiambom Ngong in Cameroon says Africa may never win the World Cup. It takes more than just football to win the cup. The running and managing of the game in the continent has been and continues to be a shame. We need structural adjustments, integrity and the will to make it happen if we really want to win the World Cup. Well, thanks for that, Silas, and indeed to everyone who sent in comments this week. Once again, we had a very big response, so we're sorry if we couldn't read yours out. And that's it for this week, but on Facebook and WhatsApp we're asking, can African football develop on raw flair alone? Or should African teams follow the European approach of playing a more tactical game? Do you want your team just to show off their exciting skills, or would you prefer them to put on a dull or uninteresting show just as long as they win the game? Well, let us know your thoughts, whether it's to do with your favourite club side or your national team. Go to our Facebook page at Planet Sport Football Africa. You can post a message there or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. So for me, Adrian Barnard from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and from Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a Passion for Sport production.